everybody, the SWP is brought to you by All Insurance Ontario and Jim K. Ford, where you can custom order your next Ford vehicle to ensure you get the exact vehicle you want at the right time. Easy steps. Jump online at jimkford.com, select your vehicle, choose your model, trim, and options. Then the Jim K. Ford team will contact you to confirm your selections and pricing and answer all your questions before your order is placed. Easy as that. Your vehicle created your way. Jim K. Ford, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans or jimkford.com. If there's one thing I love almost as much as sports, it's helping people get the best deals on insurance. If I can't help you get a better rate on home and auto insurance, I'll treat you to a coffee. Call me or text at 801-2659. Check out allins.ca. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. The SWP with Steve Warren and Jim Jerome. Ottawa Sports Talk every weekday. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the SWP. It's Tales of Sports and Whatever. As we record this kind of late on a Monday night, getting our work week started a bit late. I've got as many as one email wondering where the show is. So we better get this out there. We better get this (laughs) on the street. Exactly. They're livid. The torches and pitchforks outside the studio door here. Coming up today, Canada wins gold at the World Juniors. What a finish. The CP Women's Open starts Thursday right here in Ottawa. And guess who our rock star is. Yes, it's Brooke Henderson, who's from here. And the Red Blacks lose again uh, as A.J. Jack, who back to play-by-play man, puts it. Unacceptable and embarrassing. All still ahead today here on the SWP. James, you're back from the golf course. How are things? I'm back from the golf course, Stevie. Careful, A.J., careful. You got to face those guys. <laughs> True. <laughs> the old it boy. Is, it is he doesn't give a shit. He's like, I'll call it as I sees it. Uh, yeah, got to love yeah, A.J. Good. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Love AJ. Yeah. And uh, what a rebound from the health issue. Uh, oh, God. A few yeah. Years ago. Yeah. Oh, totally. And now he's like, he's, he's living life like, uh, like a king right now. He's, it seems like on a whim, if there's a sporting event that he is, no matter where it is in the world that he feels like going to, maybe it's our men's national soccer team or some, I don't know, English Premier League team, whatever it is, he's going. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I he's know. taking a he, he's basically consuming life lustily right now. Yeah, good for him. I follow him. Yeah, and it's I'm like Thursday you were calling a football game, and Saturday you're in Chechnya. What are you doing? What what what, <laughs> what 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 are you doing, man? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that uh, is AJ. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Yep. How is golf? Golf's good. Stevie's starting to hit the ball, pal. Starting oh, to good. hit the ball. Yeah, I think I shot a little 80 blows today, maybe 81. Uh, yep, at uh, at a at a you know decent golf course. Yep, getting it off the tee, Stevie. Crisp, crisp little iron shots. Back to where I am. Yep, from shooting 95 to shooting 80 uh, today. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm back. He's back. He's back to take on the world. No, yep. you're not. No, That's how I not. feel. That's how I feel. So yeah. uh, no, it's good anyway. to get it straightened out because I was the same. Like in my last, it was just uh, we played in a scramble, and uh, I went up to Mountain Creek and played with uh, Gord Wilson and a few of the guys, and uh, just all of a sudden decided maybe I better loosen up my grip a little bit, and all of a sudden it was like, oh my god, what the hell have I been doing here? 
I mean, yeah. just, just strangling it like a rogue snake or something like this. And now I just lightened it up and all of a sudden so much smoother and efficient. There oh, you go. Isn't so that funny? Because I did the opposite. Um, I was too tired. loose. Yeah, okay. so I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, as I say, I'm a little maudlin, lucky to be alive. So I was happy mm-hmm. to be swinging the club. But yeah, she came together today a little bit, Stevie. And there's more. There's more to come. It's the best feeling in the world. Work. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how golf can be, I don't know, just affect your mood so much. Yes, we're terrible. <laughs> we should know we're terrible. But yeah. when it's going good, your mood is sky high. And when it's going bad, you just feel so rotten. It's My nasty. dad had a great, great, great thing he'd say, because I used to have a fierce temper, man, when I played golf. Mm-hmm. Fierce, because I was competitive and I played well. Right. And uh, when I played with him, I would, I would unfortunately let it slip and lose my temper. You know, I was a club slammer uh, and he'd come over and say, you're nowhere near fucking good enough to be mad. Nowhere near <laughs> good enough to be mad. Okay. So yeah. knock yeah. it off and quit wrecking my day. <laughs> yeah, so, well, all right, let's start out with a little golf talk. You know what? We can't start with golf. It's a great golf story, but we have to start with the world juniors. Yeah. And the world juniors was just a phenomenal finish. Mason McTavish, what he does in the three-on-three overtime, it's 2-2, gold medal game against Finland. And basically, Mason McTavish, Connor Bedard, and whoever was out there with him in the three-on-three, they were just having a miserable shift. They were out yes. there gassed and trying to get off, and they give up a three-on-one the other direction. And, uh, I mean, anyway, McTavish ends up falling behind his own net from it all. And Finland's like basically got the equivalent of a two on oh game over here. Game over. Yeah. yeah. The puck gets chipped over goalie Dylan Garand and it's going right for the net. It's headed for the net. It's going in the net. And in McTavish. The in the air. Yeah, by in the, the air. Yeah. It's like about two feet off the ice. And McTavish basically arrives at the goal post right beside it, swings his stick over top of the puck to go from forehand to backhand and knocks it out of the air with his backhand. And somehow, and that was amazing in itself, it was also amazing that he and Bedard didn't accidentally then, in the panic of it all, cram it into their own net for the winning goal. But uh, they eventually got it into the corner, and a moment moment or two later, Canada ends up winning on the well, Kent Johnson goal. Was that crazy or what? Well, you're not doing it justice. He, he, so he falls behind the net. It gets out in front. It's like, this is going to be game over. They got about a million on one, or you know, guys. And he, he, he does, somehow it gets deflected up. It's going in the net, like you say, two, two, two and a half, three feet off the ground. So he ticks it with his stick, and, but he doesn't knock it out of the way. It goes straight down onto the, just like an inch off the goal line and is going to bounce into the net. And he gets his blade on that and, and knocks it away. You know, it was like, what the freak, man? Yeah, what the freak? So, um yeah, talk about talk about a I don't know, Stevie, one of the one of the biggest plays in 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 a in a big event. I, I'm trying to think, you know, like uh the you know, of, of any outcome that I've seen, uh that thing like that that'll go down in history, man, for a long time. How Team Canada won the gold uh when they, when they you know it should should have been lost, you know. But the the other thing, Stevie, is um We've been talking about the three-on-three. Three. Uh, what an atrocity to to not play the overtime in a gold medal game in the World Juniors, uh, full full roster. Uh, 
So I, I just don't get that at all. I don't, it, no matter what they were saying to me, Steve, no matter what reasons they came up for it, what cause, what, why this, that, the other thing, here's this, that, yada, 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 stupid. Come on, come on. Of all, of all times to play full, full lineups, five on five skaters, it's got to be overtime in a gold medal world championship game. Uh, just, I don't get it, Steve. And I, I, maybe you know more than I do about it, but I, I, I didn't hear one reason that makes me think, oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. I Why, do not Steve? know when they started that. I honestly don't. Uh, I'll be surprised by it. It may have been around for a while. And I've just missed it, but. Yeah, I agree with you. You need to at least play one period of five-on-five five before you go right to the three-on-three. Three. It's the gold medal game. It's the middle right. of summer. No one's got right. anywhere to be. Relax. Play this thing out. And right. I was very surprised by it for sure, but it worked out great for Canada. Um, McTavish, when he fell, I thought that should that, that I thought that was pretty clearly a tripping call. Here you have the MVP of right. the tournament, the best scorer in the tournament, and I guess the referees figured that he just did that accidentally like the best player in the tournament is going to cough up possession in three on three overtime of the gold medal game. It's it's his fault, not the finished player. Uh, so well, especially some of the other penalties they called, you know, they, they, they called yeah. one against, uh, against, I don't know. And, and Canada had like five or six power plays before Finland got one. Right. Yeah. They went over for six in the game from the power play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, and they called a couple of light games like, okay, okay, come on now. No, mm-hmm. no. The blade of his stick touched his stomach when he was trying to get by him. You know, it's like, he didn't hook him, you know, and they called that a penalty. So how they didn't call the McTavish one. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's like, that's going to be a call for sure or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it, that would have sucked. Cause if McTavish doesn't do that and knock that puck out of the air when it was for sure going in the net, then we'd be talking about what a ripoff and the whole play was set up by right by the guy getting tripped so anyway McTavish Carp native by the way uh, yes. had a fantastic tournament and Connor Bedard is really tight with McTavish they're really close Bedard is going to be probably the number 1 overall selection in next year's NHL draft his reaction to the McTavish play and he had a again ringside seat to it cuz he's in there chopping away once he knocked it out of right. the air Bedard's in there too and so He's lucky he didn't knock it accidentally into his own net. TSN, I think it was uh, Tessa Benham asked him about that play by McTavish and Bedard live TV in front of the whole nation. He said, I was shitting myself. I wasn't even thinking. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> All in front of a live TSN audience, which was uh, kind of a humorous thing. And you know, I love honest, raw emotion. It, I don't think anybody minds profanity when the, uh, when the emotion is there behind it, but uh, no. And just- a lot of you will be thinking the uh, McTavish. Okay. Yes. The name McTavish, no relation, Steve to Charlie Huddy. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a minute. I get that. I get come you. on, Stevie. Come on. Come on. Yeah, I, I, got it. I just forgot about McTavish playing for the Oilers. Uh, Craig McTavish <laughs> cool. back yeah. in the day. I got you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and McTavish was uh, like, what a season. When you look at McTavish's year that he just had, a hockey season like no other. Since last fall, get a pencil. Ready, Jimmy, okay. let me write this down. All McTavish, right. since last fall, he played in the NHL with the Anaheim Ducks, the American Hockey League in San Diego, in the Ontario Hockey League with both the Peterborough Peets and the Hamilton Bulldogs, the Winter Olympics for Team Canada in Beijing, 
And for an encore Saturday night, all he does is captain Canada to a gold medal at the World Juniors tournament MVP, led the mm-hmm. tournament in scoring in the process, and made one of the most unlikely defensive plays in hockey history. That's been right. quite a season for Karp's Mason McTavish. <laughs> yeah, 100%. The other thing about it was uh, Canada's goalie, Dylan Garand, he's got to know what's going on there. He's got to be keeping an eye on his boys and saying, my boys are gassed. Right. So after McTavish tries to pinch at the blue line, it's a three-on-one in the other direction, Garand makes a solid glove save. And the long, long shift should have ended there. But instead of getting the whistle and giving his group a chance to get off and rest, he just drops the puck at McTavish's feet. So you you want to keep possession in most cases in right. a three-on-three. That's half the battle. But sometimes you've got to know that your boys are exhausted out there at that stage of the game. And so that's what led to it all. And in, in hindsight now, I'm glad he did it because we would not have seen one of the most amazing defensive plays we've ever seen in a hockey game. But big picture, he's got to hold on to that puck and right. give his boys a rest. Yeah. The other one is, uh, I'll tell you what. So McTavish uh, is wins wins the the award for the stick to itiveness, right? To like to to keep fighting and and get to the net, get his body around and and do what he did. Uh, the the golden goal, Stevie, ain't so bad either. Oh yeah. Speaking of sticking with it, uh, you know what a save what a save by the goaltender. It's kind of it's virtually a it's a two on one. He's all alone in front of the goaltender. Makes a great move, wide open net, and uh, he, he should have fired a little higher. Obviously on the on the original shot. Uh, beautiful pad save, rebound. Look what I found right back to my stick, and then he rips it home. But yeah, but it didn't happen that quick. He kind of, he kind of, you know, he could have skated out of the the crease there, but he stuck there and got it. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, you're speaking. You're speaking of Kent Johnson, Columbus Blue Jackets draft pick, and this guy has skill. Earlier in the tournament, he pulled that Michigan move from behind the net, and it's the right. best version I've maybe ever seen of it. Like it was just he basically shovels it up and all on his forehand, never just, I don't know, like he was taking out the, the trash or something, ho-hum, right. uh, but it, just so much skill. And so what happens is, like you said, it's a, you know, the puck gets shifted over him. He's alone in front. And uh, it wasn't just a case of cashing in his own rebound. He had to do a little toe drag. Most guys would just take, see the rebound and smash it again. Had he done that, he right. would have put it right into a Yuha Yatkola's goalie pad. But instead he had the patience to see where it's at and then toe drag it about a foot with him and then had the empty net. So all kinds yeah, yeah. of skill for sure. Although we're probably, you know, with, with, with too much time, we'll probably forget that goal and just remember what McTavish did right. in the moments before it. That's true. Yeah. Yep. So tremendous. And uh, Ridley Gregg, by the way, won over everybody. Canadian hockey fans and certainly Sens fans were watching this guy from day one. He's a first round draft pick of the club and mm-hmm. He ends up with a shoulder injury, but he was one of the best players in the tournament, bar none. And uh, so he comes out for the celebration with his full gear on. He missed the game and the semifinal with a shoulder injury, but he put all his gear on so that he could be in all the video and all the celebrations and the pictures. Oh, I didn't know that. And this is how committed Ridley Gregg was to it. He even taped up his shin pads as he normally would. I was like, that's commitment, baby. There we go. That's commitment. So that a thousand years from now, when he's bouncing his grandkids on his knee, he'll be able to say, yeah, of course I was part of that team. I'm not some right. guy wearing a tie or a windbreaker there. So I thought right. that was neat that he got to do that. 
All right, let's take a time out of the program. What? Yeah, sorry, we come super back? cool. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm not like me, Steve. I'm waiting for you to finish. That that's that is not like me at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's take a time out of the program. When we come back, we will get to Brooke Henderson and the CP Women's Open, which is happening this week in Ottawa, and that's coming up after these words. Insurance is very expensive, and it's my job to save you money. If you can't save money, why would you buy from me? You have plenty of options, so make me one, and you'll see why. Text quote to 613-860-6008 to get started. We can spend 10 minutes to connect, and I'll email you a personalized quote. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. At JimKFord.com, we'd like to invite you to check out the all-electric Ford Mustang Mach-E. Yeah, goodbye gas, hello freedom. The Mustang Mach-E gives you 0 to 60 thrills, expansive range, and zero tailpipe emissions. Transports are arriving daily at Jim K. Ford with more inventory all the time. Order your next vehicle exactly the way you want it at JimKFord.com. They're at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. And if you're looking to sell your home, maybe you're in the market to buy a home that better suits you and your family, or maybe you're keen on an investment property, well, the Glen Walton Real Estate Team can help. Glenn helped me sell a home a couple of years ago and provided a great painter, cleaner, even brought us new ceiling lights, all to make sure the home was looking its best on picture day. All part of his services, and he can do the same for you. Call Glenn today, glenwalton.com. So the CP Women's Open is happening this week in Ottawa. It's for the fourth time. It's going to be held at the Ottawa Hunt and Golf Club and kind of a Tiger Woods effect, I guess, for Brooke Henderson, just from the perspective of the attention. You think back, Jimmy, to Tiger in his prime. He was the player every fan wanted to see at just about every PGA Tour stop. And uh, Brooke Henderson certainly doesn't dominate her peers the way Tiger once did, but she's definitely the one player that everybody's focused on. Of course, she's the great Canadian hope, as she has been for several years at our Canadian Open. But when the event is played in Ottawa, as it was back in 2017, that's kind of when the Tiger effect kicks in. She's the hometown hero. She's the one that everybody bought their tickets for. And right. uh, every member of the media wants a little time with her. Fans and sponsors want to get a photo with her. So it's going to be uh, not only a nice homecoming story, but uh, we've got a true contender in Henderson this week, she's uh, third right now on the tour money list at two point two million. Would yeah. love to win this tournament at home. Yeah, did did she not win it in Saskatchewan, Steve? You might have just mentioned that she she, no, she has won and she won it in Regina, but not in Regina. Ottawa. Okay, in Saskatchewan, yeah. Uh, you know what, Steve? Um, uh, people kind of drift by it when they talk about Brooke Henderson, but I might dare say, Steve, and I might not be that far off. That Brooke Henderson may be the all-time greatest Canadian golfer, men and women. Uh, she's won a major. She's she's won a major. Uh, she's third in the world right now. Uh, I know Mike Weir won the Masters, and Corey Connors is cooking along, right? But and he's won before. But but look look at her stats, man. This 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 girl. I, in fact, I think I'm probably right that she's the greatest Canadian golfer. Ever. I don't think there's any question. Oh, okay, good, good, yeah. 12 wins versus eight for everybody else. And the other three, you've got George Knudsen, who's passed away. Right. Mike Weir is a senior player. Sandra Post, long retired. She's already right. got a four-win lead on those, as the, right. those were the best for a Lori very Kane long time. Lori was pretty good there, but yeah. Yeah, but nowhere near eight wins, I don't think. Anyway, no. she's got 12 now, and she's 24 with her whole life ahead of her. I think she's already the best ever. 
She's only 24. Yeah. Yeah. So aren't we lucky? Aren't we lucky to have Brooke Henderson? You know, totally. um, going back earlier this season, she was actually going kind of sideways. But right now she's uh, she's won two tournaments, including her second career major. She's second in the points race. She's third on the money list with $2.2 million. But back in April, she was kind of going sideways. Right. And right. couldn't just, you know, she uh, actually she left one tournament to illness after the first round. She went back the next tournament and missed the cut. Tournament after that, missed the cut, and then changed her putting grip. Talking about grips again, like we did at mm-hmm. the top of the show. And uh, she's got the left hand low now in her putting style. And in the six events since her slump, she's finished top 16 every time, including four top 10s and two wins. Wow. So wow. that's, uh, yeah, it goes to what we were talking about. It just takes the littlest thing sometime to give you that confidence to uh, make a better swing on the ball. Go, Brooke, go, man. Yes. Yeah. Now, Corey Connors. Corey Connors, man. Uh, this is the the FedEx Cup, uh, which we all make fun of, but everyone knows it's $15 million if you win it. Uh, you got to get into the final three tournaments, which the first two have been completed. So they, they start with full field 140. They go down to 70, which was this past weekend. I think Patrick Cantley, again, he won the FedEx last year. He won this tournament. So now they're down to 30. And to get in there, Stevie, to get in that top 30, uh, if you're a guy like Corey Connors uh, or some other names who aren't, you know, big superstars like John Rahm and Rory and all that, to get in that top 30, Steve, is uh, hands down would be Corey Connors. Even though he's won, even though he's won, this is huge Mm-hmm. This is huge to get in that final 30. I, I don't know what last place money is, Steve. You can look it up while I'm yapping away here, but uh, it's $15 million if you win the FedEx Cup. I don't know if he... There's a bunch of combinations and permutations of, of uh, you know, who can win it, what place they have to get in to get the 15 mil. Um, but either way, if, you know, I don't know if this guy places top five or some huge payday. <laughs> huge payday. Yeah. Great for endorsements putting them, you know, on the map, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a, that's a big coup for Canadian men's golf for that guy to be in the final 30. Yeah. So here's the stats. You've got $18 million for the winner. So it's moved up from 15 to 18 and finishing dead last. You're still getting 500 grand. (laughs) That's not bad. Nice. I mean, yeah, yeah, the live tour is kind of ruining all these numbers for us now because it's so absurd over there. Right. Right. But, it also, and this is huge, it also gets Connors into three of the four majors, the World Golf, the World Golf Championship events and invitationals. Oh, and no way. Okay. To get there, to get there at the BMW Championship, he had to birdie three of the last four holes to earn his spot. So that's clutchiness. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Uh, you'd have to look at how it works, Steve. They, you, you, the 30 guys are respectively two shots back. Uh, I think the the first place guy uh, is, I think, two shots ahead of the next four or five, and then another one, two after that. So if you're last, I think you're 10 shots back. I think if you go into this thing in 30th right. place. Yeah. Uh, where, do, where does Corey fit in there? Do you have it in front of you? Leading the way, going into the finale, will be Scotty Scheffler. He's at uh, 10 under. Patrick yeah. Cantley at eight, Zalatoris at seven, Shoffley at six, Sam Burns at five. Yeah. Then you have a group of four under at Cam Smith, 
Rory McIlroy, Tony Finau, Sepp Straka, and Sungye Im. At three under, you've got John Rahm, Stallings, Justin Thomas, Young, Fitzpatrick. Two under is Homa, Matsuyama, Spieth, Neiman, and Hovland. One under is Morikawa, Horschel, uh, Hodge, Connors, and Harmon. And then finally at even, Lee, Poston, Thigala, Adam Scott, and Aaron Wise. So there's the full field. Right. Yeah. So if you win, uh, so you don't need to worry about combinations and permutations anymore. So if Corey Connors ever came from nine shots back and won the thing, he grabs the 18 mil. Right. Nice. He's not making nice. up nine strokes on Scotty Scheffler based on the no, way I don't he's think so. Season. I don't think no. so. But but he's got a chance to make well more than five hundred. He's playing great. He's playing great. So I'll be watching that. Tons of golf, Stevie, this weekend. Do you like that setup where you're giving guys all these strokes? Like to me, I look at that and there's only no. five guys that legitimately can win it. And you know, you've got Scheffler, Cantley, Zalatoris, Shoffley, and Burns. I would bet a lot of money one of those guys is going to win the thing because everybody else is six strokes or more behind Scheffler. No, I don't like it. They've never got it right, Steve. Remember, I've, I've made fun of this thing my whole life about the point system and that you're .2975 behind. I just, I never got it there. Uh, the whole idea was, uh, Stevie, again, the whole idea of the FedEx Cup was the tour needed something after August mm-hmm. because that was the last major, the British Open. Uh, was in July. I think the PJs in August or something. So they had all this time, right? As they as they got more and more events, but they didn't mean anything, right? right? The, the money wasn't extraordinary, and guys would just sort of take the rest of the fall off after the last major. So they came up with this idea of the FedEx Cup, and FedEx is obviously throwing millions at them to do this, but they've never got it right. I, I they've just never got it right, and uh, I. You know, I, I think what the PGA could do to fix it is is have the FedEx Cup sponsor a, a, a major tournament and make it in, in October or November. Uh, and to qualify to get in, it would be like the Masters. If you, if you win an event, you get in this FedEx Cup. That's how I would do it. Right. And, uh, you know, as well as other qualified. Do it like the Masters, you know, some invitation, some deal. Uh, and then you would have a bunch of guys playing, Steve, till you know, after the last of the four majors, they would they would play a bunch of golf leading up to this thing because they got a shot to get in that that other major. And if, if FedEx was to say fine and it's five million, then great. But no, I don't like it. I, right. I, I don't. Do you? No, I don't. I, I like things to be kind of on a level playing field. I know I understand the the point. I mean, if the guy's dominating throughout the FedEx Cup playoffs seasonally, points wise, you want to try and reward them for that, but. I don't know. It's like the NHL playoffs. If there's two te- if there's two semifinals going on and one team wins in seven games and the other team dominates in a four-game sweep, it's still a level playing field as you both move on to the next round. Um, it would seem weird otherwise if the team yeah, that swept gets to take a two or three-nothing lead in a best of seven on the other team because they were better up to that point. I don't know. I understand the intent behind it. But it doesn't. It just doesn't feel like the way sports are normally conducted. Yeah, it, it, it's like playing in your club championship net, the mm-hmm. net, the net flight. You right. know, so I can go in here, Stevie. Okay, I can shoot sixty-eight. Okay, all all day long, right? Shoot one two seventy-two or whatever that is. Okay, and uh, I can do that all day long. And you go and shoot, uh, you know, uh, two eighty. Okay, and you beat me. What? 
I waxed you by by you know uh, you know whatever eight shots. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, but you're not. I you have to give me nine strokes. Right. I got to give Scotty Scheffler nine strokes right now to go in this tournament. Yes, you yeah. do. <laughs> okay. Well, so that's what makes it ridiculous. That's what makes yeah, it. Yeah, and, and if you're gonna do it this way, at least make it understandable. Yeah. What the, what they don't need is the running total, Steve, going into the into the tournament. Right. Uh, you know I, they don't. Right. You know, have have the big giant event, have the big last three t- weekends, you know, and you've got a cut and a cut and you go to the 30, but all 30 guys get a shot without having to give up nine strokes to, yeah. to Rory. And, it's probably and, a fairer way to do it. It's just not very exciting. And it's not the way we're used to seeing competitions go down in North America. I've always the said the, level. Right. The, the English Premier League, it's the fairest way to handle it of all. They don't have playoffs. They just run their regular season. Whoever has the most points at the end congratulations, you're the winner. But right. that's not really how we handle things, generally speaking, in North America. In North America, most of the sports, individually or team-wise, it's a fresh start as you move on to the next tier of any given flowchart or tournament. So, right. weird. But uh, congratulations to Corey Connors. That's amazing, all the things we talked about. Plus, a month from today, as we record this on August 22nd, he'll be at the President's Cup. September 22nd, the 25th, at Quail Hollow Golf Course in Charlotte, North Carolina. He said, I'll be a rookie, but I'll try and be one of the leaders on the team, lead more by example, and hopefully play some good golf and let that take care of things. So that's uh, that's pretty amazing to be at the President's Cup as a Canuck. I don't know that anybody but Mike Weir has ever done that. Big fall for him, for Corey, with the FedEx and the, yeah. I'd say. Uh, Mike Weir's played on the President's Cup for sure. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else has, though. Canada-wise. Yeah, good one. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, closing it up with a little CFL talk, the Red Blacks suck. As I mentioned uh, off the top, even their play-by-play guy is calling it unacceptable and embarrassing, and I can't really, can't really uh, take any issue with that because, let's see, their play has been unacceptable and embarrassing. Now, their mm. starting quarterback, yeah, he's gone down. But this is more than that. They've they've just, I think they're just in that stage where a lot of teams get to when the they hit one too many calamities. They're just waiting for the next one to drop. Confidence is lost. They got that woe is me thing going, and they're just waiting for something bad to happen now. So Edmonton, your Elks, came in and just this did what they wanted to the Red Blacks in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was something like thirty to twelve. I forget the score. Nobody cared by the end. And uh, what the Red Blacks did do, they brought back their star returner from the Miami Dolphins, Devontae Dedmon. He's fun to watch. He's exciting. He's going to help the offense with better field position to start drives. But my only thought was, can he throw a football? (laughs) Can he be the quarterback? Because right now, (laughs) uh, the struggle at quarterback is real. And uh, the BC Lions right now, they're going to find that out. They've been one of the best teams in the CFL. And it looks like for at least most of the rest of the regular season, they're going to have to do without Nathan Rourke, the unbelievable Canadian quarterback who's uh, been an epiphany. We just haven't seen a Canadian quarterback rip it up in the CFL since Russ Jackson. Those there might couldn't be have the been a better two. thing, Stevie, for, to happen for the CFL when this kid came along. Okay, yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm not a. I'm not a big fan of the CFL. I've. I. I. I have it on. You know, when I'm home, um, the es- the Eskies or or Elks, whatever they're the Elks are are not great. You know, they're they're. They're shitty. I can't believe they didn't fire their coach yet, that head guy. Um, but I started watching this uh, this work kit in BC, and I don't know if I, I fall into the same 
places everybody else. But I started well, I started watching the schedule to see when BC plays again. And I kept thinking, this got to be great for the CFL if someone smashes, smashes a bunch of records, you know. Um, albeit it may, be in a, in a, it may be in a league where defense isn't very good <laughs> with a bunch of teams. Uh, this kid was lighting it up. What a drag, man. What a drag. Because it's going to lose me now to, to have any interest in the rest of the CFL. Because yeah. I sure was watching that. I watched all his games. I watched all his games. Not not in the entire games, but I tuned in um, to them. And um, I don't look at the guy's stats, Steve. He was like first in everything, I think. Like yeah, every no, category. Would, yeah. I mean, to go with a Canadian as your starter, I was like, that's not going to work. Right. And Rourke has been phenomenal. He's in the discussion. Well, would have been in the discussion. We're only at the halfway point in the season. And it looks like he might now be gone for the year. Um, ah, but he was at this drag. stage of the game. He would have been in the most outstanding player discussion, certainly BC's, and uh, just that alone. I mean, just being a starting quarterback in the league as a Canadian is an accomplishment in this league, whether it's by, well, there haven't been many good Canadian ones, but I also think there's a bias. Most mm-hmm. of the head coaches in this league are American, and I think there's some level of bias toward Canadians at the position. But uh, Nathan Rourke is flying in the face of that. And he's going to undergo a surgery now for a sprain in his right foot. Obviously, a very bad one. What a drag, and they're hoping yeah. they're hoping it'll be a late season return. But uh, there's certainly a very real chance that he is gone for the season. And yeah, that is a drag for sure because it's a big drop off going from a most outstanding player candidate to a guy I've never heard of in Michael O'Connor. And uh, yeah. I don't want to. I, I don't want. I, this is this is me buying into the anti-Canadian bias. This is a guy who won a Vanier Cup in 2015 with UBC. So Rourke is going to be missed. But immediately I go to that, oh, he's only a Canadian that is his backup. Wait a minute, the start is a Canadian as well. So anyway, that's your CFL update. Um, Yeah, isn't that too bad? Yeah. That's a a drag because it was bringing fans, man, to watch. Yeah, completely. All right, let's close it out there, my friend. Uh, Glad your golf game has turned around. Um, we'll get at it. We'll get at it. It's late at night, so we'll get back at it uh, bright and early tomorrow for a new episode. Don't forget our website is stevewproject.com. All kinds of cool stuff there. We'd love to hear from you. Contact us anytime about your feedback on the show or things you want us to hear us, want to hear us talk about on the show. Again, stevewproject.com. James, enjoy your night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. We'll see you. It's <laughs> <laughs> very enthusiastic. Very <laughs> Uh, This is the classic Honeymoon Downs. Welcome to the third race at the Honeymoon is Over Downs. They're at the gate, and they're off. Jumping out in the lead is Romance and Affection, with Domestic Bliss in close behind. It's Romance and Affection and Domestic Bliss. Here comes Marriage Vows, followed by Immediate Child. Romance and Affection falling off quickly. Mortgaged up the ass, overtaking Domestic Bliss. And here comes Nasty Attitude, followed by More Children and Drinking Heavily. Coming down the backstretch, Drinking Heavily, moving out in front of Mortgaged up the ass. But coming on strong on the outside is Credit in Shambles. It's Credit in Shambles, followed by I Don't Give a Nasty attitude and up yours keep. Up yours keep challenging for a second going into the clubhouse turn. Passing on the rail as I don't give a taking the lead. Followed by the house. You cook like and I your brother. Here they come spinning out of the turn. I don't give a still in front. Up yours keep challenging for the lead. Up yours keep and I don't give a neck and neck. And down the stretch they come. Up yours keep is pulling away from I don't give a 
by a length. Coming on strong is I am out of here. And passing the pack is the f***ing house. And at the wire. It's up yours. Keep the f***ing house. I don't give a and I am out of here. <laughs> what a finish. <laughs> I love I love in the middle of that one where it and, and now taking the lead is mortgaged up the ass. <laughs> to follow follow though coming up hard by nasty attitude. <laughs> all these these new challengers uh, in the race, right? You hadn't even mentioned them halfway through the race and all of a sudden they're just popping up there. It's unbelievable. Coming on strong. Yeah. Coming on strong and, and I plowed your brother. <laughs> Oh, my God.